Hey, agency owners, it's time for a new episode of the Agency Blueprint, the number one podcast for agency owners looking to discover strategies for scaling an agency to seven figures and beyond, while reducing stress and getting your personal life back. I'm your host, Robert Patton, international bestselling author, agency scale partner, and founder of Creative Agency Success. Before we get started today, I'd like to invite you to join our free Facebook group, the Creative Agency Clique. We live stream weekly trainings on tactics that will help you simplify and scale your agency. Go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash FP to join. And now for the show. Agency owners, today we have Rusty Shelton. Rusty is the founder and chairman of Zilker Media, senior marketing strategist at Forbes Books, and an active speaker to audiences around the world. He has written three acclaimed books, including his newest, The Authority Advantage, Building Thought Leadership Focused on Impact, Not Ego, which was also co-authored by Adam Witte. Thank you so much for joining us today, Rusty. Robert, thanks for having me. So the conversation we wanted to have is largely around brand. The thing that I see very frequently, and I think that there's a lot of misadvice, I would say, out there on the internet and out there in the ether around corporate brand versus individual brand. And so why would you say most founders default to building a corporate brand? And what are your thoughts generally around that? Well, I think it's the way most of us are kind of conditioned to do it. I know that's how I did it when I started my first agency. And I think for most of us, it's just... Okay, you know, if I'm starting a business, I'm going to lead with the logo. I'm going to lead with the corporate brand. And and we've got two big problems with that today. Number one, we know, you know, from a Gallup study that was put out in 2022, trust in institutions and businesses is at an all-time low, right? So if you're leading with a corporate brand, then, you know, my guard is up. I'm expecting, okay, it's a company marketing to me. The second challenge that we have Robert, in the space that we're competing in as agency owners is most of us, if we're starting our own agency, we're going head to head against agency brands that have been around decades and decades longer than we have much bigger marketing budgets. And so if we're going logo versus logo, that's a tough fight to win. And so if that's all you're doing, in my experience, it's going to cost more money. It's going to take longer. It's going to be less effective in terms of getting a message out there than if you do what we you know, really focusing on encouraging agency owners to think about and other leaders. And that is, instead of being positioned as a company with something to sell, you want to be positioned as a mission-driven thought leader or authority with something to teach. I mean, this isn't a political podcast, but so the feeling of people not believing institutions, I don't know that I want to go down that path too much, but Bain, I think of a lot of our, our existences. But yeah, we are advertised to a ton. The other thing that I think is interesting too, right, is like you think of some of the biggest well-known brands in the world. Apple, Microsoft, and you have, there's a name that is immediately associated with it. And they actually went about purposefully building an individual brand and not just a corporate brand as well. I mean, I think generally speaking, it's likely easier. Would you agree? It's way easier. And a couple of reasons. Number one, when you are leading as an individual, you can earn a lot more impressions. In other words, if you're trying to get impressions for a business, you got to pay for those. You got to buy advertising. You got to, you know, sponsored things, et cetera, when you are speaking or doing interviews or creating content, you know, you're earning a lot of those impressions. But but the second thing, and I would say the, the bigger thing is just the speed to trust for individuals is dramatically quicker than it is for businesses. And so most agency owners that I know are, you know, trying to get a message out on a limited budget. They're trying to go as fast as they can and, and build trust as quick as they can. And, and we know, you know, just from 
experience, but also for the research, it, it's going to go further, quicker, cheaper, more effectively if the agency owner is willing to be the messenger, not the message. And I want to make sure your audience is hearing that. I'm not encouraging people to build a, hey, look at me kind of brand or something that comes across as an ego stroke. And we all know there's certainly plenty of people doing that, but if that agency owner is willing to be the messenger, not the message, again, it's going to go further quicker because the speed to trust, we're leaning in to learn from that individual that's doing it the right way versus recoiling when the corporate brand is is trying to reach us. So there's one of the like sort of mindsets around this that you will hear online is that as you want to scale that you need to keep your personal brand separate. What would you say about that kind of mindset? Would you believe that some of them are true when they're saying those types of things? Like, what are your what are your general thoughts around that? Well, I mean, I think that I'm not encouraging agency owners to go out in front of the corporate brand or instead of the corporate brand. In my experience, Robert, most of the time you've got you know a corporate brand and you've got an agency owner that's positioning themselves way in the background. In other words, I'm going to really fight to try to learn from that person. They're hiding almost, and I think that puts them at a serious disadvantage. And so. What Adam and I talk about in the book is, all right, instead of going out in front of or instead of the corporate brand, you're really trying to go out alongside it. So, so I think of you know, an agency or business is like an interstate. We want as many of the right clients, the right partners, the right talent as we could get on that interstate. And an agency owner, when they're positioned the right way, is the best on-ramp that exists for that agency because the speed to trust for that information when it's coming from them is so much quicker. And I do hear from a lot of agency owners that say, all right, logically I get this, but I'm worried every client's going to want to work with me directly. I'm worried that I'm not going to be able to build value in the business or sell the business because you know I'm the only asset. And I think people are thinking about it the wrong way. Again, it's not instead of the company, what you're really trying to do is you're trying to be an on-ramp to drive people back to that company. And once you drive them back to that company, obviously you've got to have all of the great things that good agencies bring to the table in terms of the right niche, the right strategy, the right process, et cetera, to over deliver for clients. And we all know, I certainly made this mistake with in particular my first agency, just personally wrapping myself into so many campaigns that number one, the client's not served well, our team's not served well. And again, we could go on and on about the challenges around that. So it's not instead of, it's alongside. Interesting. I really like that. The thing that really also just want to clarify a couple of components in my general opinion here too, is that while you're building both the corporate brand as well as your individual brand, it's also about just generally how you speak about things, right? Because are you talking about I am doing versus we are doing? And how do you instill faith in the people that you're talking to and getting in front of that instills trust in the corporate brand and your team rather than it being all about you. So it depends on how you're communicating in all of those different scenarios where you are building your personal brand. Any thoughts and would you agree with that? I would completely agree with that. And that's why I go back to mindset wise, you're the messenger, not the message. So you're teaching, right? You're, you're doing the same stuff. And this is what I, I hope a lot of your, your audience will, you know, hope will kind of empower them is this is really the same stuff you're doing behind the scenes right now. This is the teaching you're doing with clients, with your team. And what we're trying to encourage you to do with this book as you get more visible is we want to do that same kind of teaching, that same kind of value creation that you're doing behind the scenes, 
but we're wanting to do it at, at more scale. So it's this idea of how do I go out and give value and teach and differentiate my business because I'm, I'm really leading, again, as that mission-driven thought leader with something to teach rather than you know, being positioned as just another agency operator with something to sell. And Robert, one of the biggest challenges in our space is the perception of commoditization, right? And, and almost everybody views one agency the same as another agency, the same as another agency. And when you lead with the logo and you've got the same corporate website and you got the same bio picture for your team across that site, the there's nothing same wrong message. with it. Yeah, it's just the same as everybody else. It doesn't allow you to differentiate at all. And so one of the biggest advantages of doing this is you punch above your weight class in terms of not only visibility, because you can earn a lot more impressions, but you really create a very different image in the minds of that potential customer, that potential team member, et cetera. Yeah, 100%. So now let's say that we are starting to develop this personal brand, we're starting to speak and actually, you know, pronounce the message and not be not for us to be the individual message, but to be the messenger. How do we actually go about accelerating trust and actually going about building that personal brand? Let's say I've not done any of this so far. What would my next step be? Sure. So I think there's a couple of things to think about. Number one is what we call an online brand audit. So really putting yourself in the shoes of that potential client that's been referred to you or that potential team member that is thinking about whether or not they want to raise their hand for an interview with your agency that person is Googling your name, right? They're trying to get a sense of who you are ahead of time. And what's kind of crazy about this, Robert, is this is even happening when we're meeting people in person, right? If I get connected with another CEO here in Austin in, in my truck before I walk in the door to the restaurant where we're going to have lunch, I'm Googling their name, right? And I'm trying to figure out, okay, who is this person? And that image I get in that five minutes before I walk in the door is going to be hard for that person to change in the next hour that I spend with them. And so, Part of what I want agency owners to understand is whether you like it or not, the first image that's getting created for you is not getting created in person or as a result of you over-delivering. It's page one of Google, right? And, and so part of what I want to encourage people to think about is if I'm Googling you by name, number one, can I find you? Do you have a brand name that you can own search for? And if the answer to that is no, my expectation, Robert, for a lot of your audience is They've got a name that is either so common that they're sharing it with many others that don't allow them to own search around it, or they're unlucky enough to have a really unique name that they share with, you know, a famous Olympian or an axe murderer from the 70s. And so part of what I would encourage people to think about is, do you need to change your name? Do you need to add a middle initial or a middle name to give yourself a brand name you can own search for? So number one is making sure that if somebody is looking for you, they can find you. The second thing getting to this idea of accelerating trust is when I do land on your LinkedIn, when I do land on your website, what kind of image are you creating in my mind? And what we've got to keep in mind, we call this phase one or pre-engagement. This is before I've worked with you, before I have an image in my mind as a result of the work you've done. And that is in phase one, before I know you, the only thing that accelerates trust with me is your association with brands that I already know, trust, and respect. So Robert, on your website, you do this really well, where I, when I land there on the creative agency success site, I may not know Robert, I may not know the business. I do have an image in my mind for Forbes and Entrepreneur and the New York Post and some of the places where you've been featured. And so irrationally, but, but incredibly effectively, what happens there is 
your image is along for the ride, right? Exactly. So part of what I want to encourage agency owners to think about is, are you associating yourself with brands that your target audience knows, trusts, and respects? That could be media that's featured you. It could be places where you've spoken in the past. It could be client brands that are appropriate and available for you to remarket. The other big thing, Robert, is just visually. So I see so many agency owners that that the lead visual is just, you know, a straight up headshot of them or again, nothing negative. It's just exactly what I expect to see. Instead, give me give me that hero shot of you up on stage speaking at your alma mater, at TEDx, accepting an award at the Inc. 5000 bit, whatever it might be. In other words, when I see that image, I may not know, Robert, I do have an image in my mind for somebody that's on a stage like that next to a logo like that. So those are really effective ways to create kind of that visual of somebody with something to teach. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a, a lot of great insight. I know for me in my own personal journey with it, I did have to battle with typing my own name into Google and then it's saying, hey, do you mean Robert Pattinson? I'm finally proud to say <laughs> that it doesn't say that anymore, at least and at least on my computer. Maybe I'm just kidding myself. But yeah, it's, def- it's some, definitely something extremely important, right? The Google effect is incredibly important because yeah, that is what we do. And if you don't believe it, I want you to think about the last time that you were meeting someone for a business meeting or you were going into a conversation that you didn't know this person. You absolutely did that or you were considering a vendor. You absolutely did go and check Google. We all do it. And so your prospective buyers are doing the same. Your prospective team members are doing the same as well. So, you know, here's the thing that I see happen quite a lot. And my general opinion is I would much rather be rich, not famous. So how can you actually go about building a brand that's actually more focused on impact and focused on growth and focused and not focused on us as an individual and not ego? Because limelight can change a lot of people's opinions. It sure can. And, you know, I, I like the advice that you really champion, which is really focusing it on, on a niche, right? So finding a lane that works really well that you could dominate. And I think this is where building thought leadership is not about, you know, being famous or, or, or getting in front of everybody. It's being well-known and well-respected among your who. And so the more you can find the right niche, the more you can work backwards from the conferences, the media outlets, the the places where that niche is paying attention. And so I think it really lines up well. I also find, Robert, you know, authenticity and in, in teaching is such a key part of this. So again, this goes so far beyond what when I talk about building the right kind of brand, it's kind of a fine line I want agency owners to walk. So on one side of the coin, I want the visuals to say what I don't want you to say about yourself which is top of her category thought leader, you know, main stage speaker, wrote the book on the topic. In other words, somebody I can trust to teach me about my niche. And then the flip side, the entirety of the content strategy from your blog to your podcast, to your book, to your LinkedIn newsletter and beyond is all mission-driven thought leadership. If you never take another step with me, I'm going to leave you better off as a result of having read this newsletter or listened to this interview. But as we all know, nobody's interested in what you have to teach until they recognize you're the person to teach them on the topic. And so that's why you're going to do both sides of that coin. The other thing that I would add, Robert, I find a lot of agency owners, well-meaning, you know, would-be thought leaders, typically the tendency is to lead with kind of their own intellectual property only. In other words, they go in and they're giving general advice for, you know, four ways that, you know, 
dental practices can grow, if that's your niche, or the five questions you should ask a market, you know, kind of generic content. And then I, I hear from a lot of those owners that, Rusty, I tried it, you know, six months or so, it hasn't given me anything. Well, the reason why is because you're just serving up the same kind of content everybody else can serve up. The actual thing that works, and I hope this is fun and empowering for people listening to this, is I want you to be more of yourself with your content. In other words, the only reason for me to follow Robert's podcast versus others in this space is because he's built rapport with me. I, you know, He makes me laugh. I trust that he's in it for the right reasons. He's bringing his authentic self. And I'm interested in following that because that's different from what everybody else can bring to the table. And so I always encourage people, bring in your experiences, be willing to be vulnerable, be more of yourself, bring in some of the course. You know, for me, Robert, it's I'm whining about Texas football when OU beats us as they did last Saturday. I'm talking about coaching my kids baseball team and, you know, airplane etiquette and all, all of the kind of the things that aren't necessarily right on target in terms of, of what I want to be known for. But but those are things that I hope make it more interesting and build trust with an audience that's trying to figure out, okay, is this guy for real or is it just... It's personality, right? I mean, I think that the concept, and here's a lot of things that that really hits this industry quite a lot, is that you're not meant to be for everyone, right? I know that I'm not, and I'm perfectly okay with that. The more that I am my authentic self is when I'm going to actually attract the right people that I'm going to work with, the ones, my soulmate clients, the ones that I'm going to have fun with, the ones that I actually feel connected to, and they're going to feel connected to me as well. The other thing that I wanted to hit on and hear your opinion around this as well is that I, I often see when it comes to content that there's like this over personality that they're feeling like they need to give, right? And not really, the authentic self really isn't incredibly important, but it's also about you needing to actually be elevated a bit as well. Like talk about the things that you do every day, talk about the things that you're helping your clients accomplish, talk about your real life experiences, the the bad, the good, the ugly, all of it. And you're going to be able to show them that you have charted a path that they haven't yet or that they want to. And it allows for you to have a little bit of an elevated level of respect from them that it's something that they want to accomplish. Would you agree, disagree with what I said? I agree with that completely. And I think, you know, remarketing some of the things that your agency is doing, that you're doing it, and a lot of those are going to be huge wins. Some of them are going to be you being honest about things that you learn. And I find the more vulnerable and self-deprecating that a leader is willing to be, the better that content's going to perform. The other thing, Robert, that I've seen work really well, and I think you do this really well, is just also using content as a bridge to build relationships with people and you know have kind of peer-to-peer conversations about topics of shared interest one of our biggest clients is one of the fastest growing regional banks here in the state of texas and the new bank branch that they open in downtown austin you walk in the door and it's kind of all the stuff you'd expect from a modern bank branch the thing that stands out there's a podcast studio in the bank branch that the bank president hosts a podcast and he uses it to have conversations and build relationships with leaders here in Austin, with investors, et cetera. And, you know, the worst thing that happens with that kind of content is you build goodwill. You, you create great content. The best thing that happens is it opens doors for the business. And so that's the other thing I'd encourage your audience to think a little bit about is, all right, how can I, whether it's a podcast or a LinkedIn newsletter, et cetera, how do I use my content strategy as a way to involve and curate content from other people that number one, provides a ton of value for my audience, but also 
builds relationships that you might not have had before. Yeah. I, one of the things that I would also just kind of say that it was an experience that I had in a conversation with a client yesterday is that we have these kind of like ideas that we have to be kind of this larger than life person in order to be able to have this authority to build this type of brand. And the feedback that I got from this client was that the reason why he ended up engaging with us is that every other person in the space was offering this get rich quick scheme, these silver bullets, and listening to my podcast, reading my book, I was talking about all the failures, all the scrapes and bruises, all the issues that I faced, all the problems that I encountered, and that I don't have this silver bullet. And I directly say this on a regular basis. I don't believe that silver bullets exist. I don't sell them. I don't have them. If that's what you're looking for, I'm not your guy. And the more authentic that you are in that way, you're actually able to actually break down the barriers that a lot of people have with the type of marketing that's out there. So I, I mean, I think that is incredibly important and a real life example of it. Totally agree with you. And I, I think to be the absolute best combination that you can have is that kind of a mindset and approach in terms of you know being honest about failures, talking about the reality, the stuff that really exists, and then combining that with the credibility that some of that authority by association that I mentioned earlier, okay, well, you know, Robert's done it at this level. He, he's he got the skins on the wall. He's been quoted by these certain places, but but also he's real and he's honest. And it's not a, you know, it's not something that, you know, I'm expecting is just this kind of get rich quick sort of marketing approach. So that piece, that combination, I think is really what I find is the one-two puncher that really sets people up for success. One last thing that I wanted to ask, and I think that this is, and I'm speaking specifically to this audience because I know that a lot of people would say this, and I've had a number of clients when it comes to content and authority building have said, well, I don't have anything to say. What would you say to that person? Well, I, I would say two things to that person. Number one is recognize that everybody that's come before them had that thought, or the vast majority of people that have built big audiences have, have initially had that thought. And again, what makes your approach and content strategy different it is is you, right? It's you being more of yourself. It's your mindset and personality and experience. So, so that would be one thing. The second thing would be my encouragement is the goal should not be, all right, a, a million followers are bust. Or in other words, numbers are important, but not nearly as Either important ones. as yeah. exactly. Those are ego stroke sort of things. And there's a lot of ways to game that. Back to what Robert coaches on here, and that is find your niche Give value in that niche, become well-known and trusted by your who, and it's going to lead to really good things. And in my experience, if you can do that as a thought leader alongside your corporate brand, you are going to punch way above your weight class and give yourself an unfair advantage over your competitors who are still just doing it by leading with the logo. Yeah. I will also add in two things too, is that a lot of people kind of get stuck in this idea that I have to have a unique thought. And I'm sorry to break it to you, but there's 8 billion people on the planet. Finding a unique thought is a very difficult thing to do. And it's about having your opinion and your viewpoint on a already pre-existing strategy or thought. And also the thing too, is that, yeah, it may feel like you have nothing to say because the things that you would have to say are like the back of your hand. You do it every single day. So it seems less interesting to you but to the ones that don't live that life every single day, they don't know, and it is interesting to them. So what feels like my everyday life that I'm talking about on this podcast sometimes is something that is just natural for me, but it is brand new information to you. 
So I want to just have you recognize her as you do have something to say, you have value to provide your experience is absolutely useful to your audience. Rusty, thank you so much for joining us today. I know that you're offering listeners a ebook and an audio version of your book, The Authority Advantage. Would you mind sharing how they can find that? Absolutely. So anybody that's interested, go a little deeper on what we talked about today, which is really specifically a roadmap for how to build thought leadership focused on impact, not ego. If you go to theauthorityadvantagebook.com, just fill out a little bit of information there. We're happy to send you either a digital copy of the book or an audio book, whichever you prefer uh, from there. And, you know, just Adam and I are both really excited about the initial response to the book and sure appreciate a chance to teach a little bit on it today, Robert. Thank you. Absolutely. And I'll make sure to include a copy of that link to, in the show notes, everybody. And thank you so much again, Rusty, for joining us. Once again, thank you so much for carving out the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. Now, chances are, if you're an agency owner listening to this podcast right now, then you may be feeling like this. Because I was finding myself constantly overworked within our business, um, constantly like too busy with fulfillment or too busy with uh, customer service needs. So I didn't have the time to go think about how am I going to close this person or what I'm going to say to this person or what am I going to do with this or what's the next strategy I need to do. Now, of course, this podcast is here to help you with a lot of things, but at one episode per week, it's going to take a while for us to share everything you need specifically for your situation. So if you're really serious about committing to fixing the problems in your agency now, so you can build a truly profitable business and get your life back, then I want to invite you to apply for the Agency Accelerator Program. I'm not so stressed during calls thinking, oh my gosh, I got, I got to sell, I got to sell, I got to sell because if I don't sell, I don't make our I don't make our numbers, you know, and if I don't make our numbers, I can't pay our people. If I can't pay our people, then our business is down. This program is designed to help creative agency owners get to 1 million in revenue per year in 12 months or less. I char- typically charge one client a $3,000, anywhere from 2000 to 3000 Now I'm uh, moving towards only 5000 and up. And my latest client that I closed is a $10,000 client on a monthly retainer. We only accept about 20% of the agencies that apply to this program because we want to make sure that we only work with people who will commit the time, energy, and resources required to take what they learn in the program and use it to create an agency of their dreams. You've taught me and you've taught us how to build this within our company that if X happens, this happens. Boom, 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 boom. Like it's so systematic that it's going to work for itself. That has given me the sense of like, oh, I know what the heck I'm talking about. I know what I'm good at. I know that I can deliver upon what I want to deliver. And yeah, I gained hell of a lot of confidence for sure. So if that's you, then I want to invite you to apply today. Just hit the link in the show notes to apply for the Agency Accelerator Program or go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash apply. Thanks. And I'll see you inside the program. Mm -hmm.